Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Welcome to Lori Handlers, the Academy for Men Tribal Fire Podcast. My name is Michael Gibson, and uh, I have a uh, an incredible guest today that I just I'm excited to speak with. Uh, I've got my co-host Lance Cole on the line with us. Uh, Lance is also going to be um, be bringing the joy and the peace and the fun to the podcast. But first of all, I just want to I want to have everybody. I want to introduce you to um, a, a, just an incredible man in the world today. Um, he is an author. He's written an incredible book called The Conscious Cock. Uh, he, you can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him all over the place. He is a sex educator, and he's also someone who is very for the, the, the growing and the expansion of masculinity in a very healthy and sacred form. Please help me welcome Christopher Lovestone to the party. Welcome. <laughs> That's quite an intro there, Mike. I got to say, it's lovely to, to be introduced like that. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome to the Academy for Men. I appreciate you coming in. You know, there's, there's such a desperate need for, for men to network these days about issues about healthy sex positive masculinity. Where we're not cutting off our sexual urges and desires, but we're embracing them in a conscious manner. So thank you for creating a forum where we can have these conversations because the more we talk about it, the more we make it easy for other guys to talk about it. We normalize these conversations. Absolutely. I love that. One of the things that I think that um, bothers us the most uh, Lance and I is that we don't get to have these kind of conversations with enough other men. He and I, we do with each other. But um, once we started this thing called the tribal fire, we decided that we wanted to have a, a whole group of men, a large, uh, if you would, uh, a large brotherhood uh, open up from this. And so thank you so much for being a part of it. We consider you a brother as part of the tribal fire um, podcast. And, and we're looking forward to finding out a whole bunch about you today. Um, Lance, I want to introduce you. Say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, on that, I love, I love being able to meet, you know, with other guys and just talk to them. And, you know, I try and connect with a lot of brothers in the local community all the time, just to be able to have conversations and share like what's happening for me. It's like for so long as men, we, we keep our lives so private and so tight. And it's like, what's happening in my life? is mine and no one else can have it. And, you know, I'm in competition and I can't share, you know, my sexual, you know, experiences with anybody or, you know, what's happening for me in my love life. It's, you know, it's between me and my partner. And, you know, I find now that I'm sharing and that I'm opening up to all this stuff and creating these spaces that other guys are, they're, they're meeting me there. They're, and the experiences are similar that they're going through. And it's super great. So great. That's and fantastic with the book, with your book that's coming out or that's out, uh, Christopher, it's amazing. It's so good. So yeah. good. I, I you mean, know, honestly, I wish I would have gotten it about a week earlier um, because yeah, <laughs> that would have been great. Look, look, just the content, like the table of contents is like, wow, man, it, that yeah. is, this is a book worth reading. And I'm so grateful to have a copy of it. Thank you so much for sending that. 
Um, let's get started. Uh, Christopher, tell us a little bit. By the way, we kind of met because you and I are, are uh, speakers. We're going to be speakers coming up in November uh, for something called the uh, Tantra Festival in Mexico. I think it's the first major Tantra festival ever in Mexico. And uh, wow, what a blessing it is to be able to, to be there and speak with you. But tell us a little bit about um, yourself, maybe kind of where you came from and how you came to this place. And tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired you to write that book. Man, I was going to be a medical doctor, you know, or a, a therapist or a relationship counselor. But um, I spent years working in various facilities, like halfway homes. And um, uh, we did foster care when I was a child. You know, children who were abused by their parents would come through. Um, mental health facilities, reproductive health facilities, uh, women's health facilities, uh, general practitioners, like primary care, you know, I just, I did a three or four years deep dive shadowing so many different uh, uh, care providers. And, you know, the whole third party billing thing, doctors only getting five minutes with their clients. And uh, all these problems that I saw that people were presenting were being pathologized, they were being medicated and stuff like that. And there were so many issues that people were having that they just weren't leaving with uh, a deep, meaningful, lifelong change, right? Their symptoms were being managed, but they weren't actually being cured. And uh, I, I just rejected that. I said, I'm not going to go through, I'm not going to go into medical school. I'm going to go find my own way. What, what is my unique gift to the world? And that then brings me to, to, to say that, you know, when I was growing up, I lived through so many divorces during my childhood six of them. And I got to see how people were horrible to each other. I got to see all the ways that people were abusive and harassing and would just miss each other, ships passing in the night. And I just, as a young child, became the moderator and the go-between and learned how to have empathy and good communication skills from a young age. So fast forward to now, I left the United States and a lot of the insanity that was happening with the economy and politics and school shootings and police shootings and stuff like that. And I was just, and the medical school, I was going to, all this, I just said, screw the whole thing. I got to go find my, my way in the world. What is that going to be? And I literally bought a sailboat with my wife. <laughs> we didn't know how to sail, but we put our stuff in storage and sold the rest of it. And we literally sailed away in search of our future. And in that was a real deep dive for me. What's my unique gift to the world? And I started writing my thesis on relationships. Because the whole system of relating is rigged. The rules are rigged for failure. And the people that win are the people who cheat. Right? If you play by the rules of the relationship game, our parents, you're destined for depression, apathy, uh, yeah. resentment, uh, bitterness, addiction. I, I do not yet have in my realm of experience one monogamous couple that I've looked at and said, wow, they are on fire. They are amazing. I mean, long-term monogamous, successful couple for like 20, 30, 40 years of being together that I look at them and I say, I want to be like them. I still haven't seen that yet because the rules of the game are just rigged for your failure. Yeah. So I said, there's got to be a different way. And, you know, as a young child living through all the trauma that I was living through in this household where I lived through six divorces and we were doing foster care for these children who would come through from abusive households, um, I had an outlet for my mind. And I read science fiction. 
And in that, I found freedom for my brain to think there must be a different way. Can't we construct something different? Mm. So that gave me a freedom inside myself. And then, you know, when we sailed away, I, I fused all these things. And I said, what am I going to do? And I started writing. And what came out over the course of many years is Conscious Cock, the Sexual Empowerment Manual for Men. It's about conscious, healthy, sex-positive masculinity. Now, what guys need to learn <laughs> is modern sex education. All right. They, there's a lot of sex education research that's come out in the last 20 years that most people don't know about. Most men, definitely not, especially research by female researchers on female anatomy and physiology, sexual anatomy and physiology that hasn't been published in the mainstream medical journals that tend to be dominated by old white men. Right. Men and not, guys need to have this accurate information. We need yeah. to have a good roadmap, but it also is like how to understand women and communication tools because there's tools I can teach guys in 10 minutes that'll revolutionize their ability to connect with a woman deeply for the rest of their lives. You don't have to yeah. practice this 20 minutes a day for 20 years. No, I can teach it to you in 10 minutes. Right. Give you a worksheet and say, fill it out, and then you've got it. And you have massive life change really quickly, and it's just going to help the world be a better place. Wow, that's awesome. It's been a long, arduous journey. <laughs> For me to say, really, I'm going to be a sex educator? What? <laughs> but, you know, I went to Boston University to become a teacher initially. And I said, ah, I don't want to teach in the public school system. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go become a doctor. So I got my pre-med degree. Ah, I don't want to work in a hospital. No. So I'm merging my health science and anatomy and physiology background with my educational mm -hmm. background. And I'm developing and systematizing these tools to give them to guys in quick downloads that they're going to chew and swallow and digest really easily yeah. and put them on this book, recorded it as an audio book also, and you know, coming out hopefully in the next month or two here by Moonsgrove Press out of Atlanta, Georgia. All right. That's awesome. exciting. I want to get a hold of that as well. Is that going to be available mm -hmm. on Audible? <laughs> yeah, exactly. On Audible. Nice. Yep. Nice. That's exciting. So all of this thing, all of this like passion that you've, that you've, um, that you've come to, right. I, I, I similarly have that same passion and we see the same things, the same missing, if you will, those gaps in knowledge, the gaps in understanding the gaps in, in men's personal, um, training around women. And so right. a lot, that's, that's really what, if you, if you think about what it is that you teach, the Academy for men is in alignment with that. That's something that I love just linking arms with other men with and going, let's teach the world. Let's create a socio-sexual revolution so that people can actually live their lives sexually and without shame, right? Coming up the way that we, we did, I came up in the 70s and the 80s. I don't know about you, maybe the 80s and the 90s, but I came up in the 70s and the 80s and there was no, it, it was all about shame. And yet sex sells everything. Everything is sold with some sexy something, right? But we don't really get it. We don't understand it. It's so beautiful to have somebody to say, look, here's a manual. We can make this actually good for people. And we need this. The world needs this so bad, Christopher. Thank you so much for writing the book. Oh, um, my gosh. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about um, one of the highlights of, of your book. And I, I love some of the, the titles of, um, of your chapters and of your sections. And one of them is say the unsaid. That's like one of my favorite ones. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that is absolutely one of the core skills that, you know, men need to learn. They need to master yeah. how to bring up 
something that they know inside themselves that they should bring up. Now, the usual way that this plays out in the way that I have this conversation is with guys about bringing up a sexual fantasy or desire, something they want to do with their partner. And mostly I work with guys in long-term committed relationships. I'm not a dating coach. I do not teach seduction or pickup artistry. I find those things to be kind of sleazy. I want long-term relationship success. I want people to really have something that's thriving and adding value to the world. Anyway, so like how do you bring up that thing that you want sexually, if, but you're ashamed of doing it or you're afraid your partner is going to negatively judge you or maybe she's going to get insulted or maybe it's going to bring up past trauma for her. Who knows? It's a, it's a can of worms a lot of times and guys do not know how to crack that can of worms. So they just end up not doing anything. And this is, this is just, so pervasive nowadays in the post me too world that good men, good guys feel paralyzed because they don't want to contribute to the problem. And now there's more of a widespread understanding of the scope of the problem of abuse and harassment and suppression and oppression of women. Anyway, so how to bring up that thing that you want to bring up. Let's say it's, it's the most common fantasy that that men have, which is having a threesome with their partner, a woman, (laughs) And another woman, right? So male, female, female, threesome. So they're like, ah, I'm ashamed to bring that up. I don't want to bring that up. I don't want to cause a fight. You know, how do I bring this thing up? Well, we can systematize that. We can work out a way for you to have a script. Even if that script is just in your mind, it's not that hard. But if you've never had anybody show you how to do it, you don't know how to do it. Right. You know, Um, but it also could be maybe there's something that you did in your past that you want to come clean about. Hmm. Maybe it could be, oh, I saw my ex last week and I had a cup of coffee with her. And you're like, ah, that shouldn't be hard because we're not interested in each other anymore, but we wanted to have a conversation and say hi, but I, you know, that feels weird and icky. Um, or it could be not a, any challenging, difficult conversation. You know, so what we're talking about here is literally communication tool. <laughs> it's a communication script or strategy, you know, but people don't take communication classes in college. And if they do, they're studying broadcast and marketing. Yeah. Um, it's not intrapersonal, intimate communication when things are weird and a little uncomfortable. And we're not right. taught that in high school. We don't learn that in junior high school. All we do is we observe the way that our caregivers, our parents and our friends and our, our, our boss does it and stuff like that. And that they're not necessarily role modeling mm-hmm. awesome, effective ways that will just um, give you a shortcut to get you closer to your desired result with minimum amount of blowback. Yeah. And wouldn't it have been nice if mom and dad would have been able to model that for you? But in the most cases, it, mine, <laughs> mine included, um, you know, that, that wasn't available. I don't know about you, Lance. Have you ever had a situation where you had to, um, like, you had to bring something up that was tough uh, for you with, with your beloved? Many. Share, man. All the time. All the time. Um, I, I, but I've gone through a lot of this. So it's been... Uh, I practiced, so I've used uh, probably a lot of the tools that you use um, or share in your book and so on and so forth. Um, get, I, I want to hear, I want to hear a, a, an example of what you're talking about, Christopher, of what you, what you would use. Like, so, like I know you gave some quick examples of like meeting with the ex lover or, or something like that, but if there's like, so, and you say you're based, you're primarily working with monogamous relationship, like a long time, long-term monogamous relationship. So 
say a couple meets and you know they're in their 30s they've been through a couple of relationships maybe a marriage and a divorce and so on and so forth and they're trying to do it different so they step into this space and they want to they want to come in and they want to get rid of the withholds that they have from previous relationships and they've done some spiritual journey work and and so on and so forth but they still have these edges that they can't get to that they can't get to with this new partner that they really love and they want to be with for a long time can you give us like an example of like how you would approach that kind of a situation with say with the man in the relationship and oh, sure. give the advice, you know, like what advice would you give him oh, or language? Absolutely. I've got a whole workshop on this called conscious relationship tools that I teach. And, and there's, and there's a second one, which is um, conscious engagement, which right. is if you're going to engage with somebody, how do you set a firm foundation for potential growth in the future rather than starting on shaky sand what about laying some hard, solid cornerstones that can really handle weight in the future? A lot of people, what they love to do is they love to just fall in love and be in that blissful state of free fall. It's like so cultural, culturally ideal, idolized, like Hollywood films and stuff like that, rom-coms, yeah. et cetera. But the reality of that is that it's easy at the beginning and it gets harder and harder over time. If we flip the script, we rewrite the rules of the game to give you a chance at success. What you have to do is do the hard work at the beginning. And if you do the hard work at the beginning, then what tends to happen is the relationship gets easier and easier over time. So um, there's so many things that I can share about that. Um, there's some, just a, a few things I'll just list right off the top that I highly recommend is um, – Enlisting your partner as an ally up front said, hey, I really want to have a chance at this being successful long term. I'm not saying we're going to work it out, but I want us to have that chance. Mm. Should both choose to want to continue. You know, will you ally with me and going through some awkward conversations at the beginning so that we really make sure that we're on the same page, that, that there's an overlap of what I want in my life and my future and an overlap with what you want in your life and your future so that we're choosing this consciously so that we're clarifying, is this a good idea or not? Or should we design our relationship a little differently? So what I'm advocating here is relationship design. Nice. Right. So um, that you don't just become boyfriend and girlfriend or then say, Hey, will you marry me? And then suddenly you're, you're engaged. And, and then there's all this host of assumptions that, that maybe I have about what that means to be a boyfriend and what it means for my partner to be my girlfriend, but maybe her assumptions about those roles are completely different also. And then you get these two people with varying assumptions, battling it out, never having made any agreements with each other. Right. So I, I advocate sharing your complete sexual history with each other. Mm. Uh, Every sexual encounter that you can remember, you know, explain and answering any and all questions. And that may take time. And I did that with my partner, who's now my wife. We've been together for 15 years. And our relationship gets hotter and hotter. So we have the long-term success that I was hoping for because we went through the work of having the hard conversations at the beginning. And when I was in college, when I was a young man, I didn't know how to navigate relationships with integrity yet. And I lied in order to be able to have multiple dating relationships, multiple sexual partners. And that I broke people's hearts by doing that. And, you know, I had to own that to my now wife. And I said, let's share our complete sexual histories with each other. So, you know, everything about me, you know where I came from. So, you know who I am now. Yeah. Took off the mask. I'm not playing Nicey, nice. I'm not trying to make you like me by acting that I'm better than I am. I'm not trying to make myself come out looking good. I'm just showing you the reality of me. 
here I am. So I'm talking about authenticity and transparency and integrity. Um, So there's ways to bring that up, um, which can help make it easier. Mm -hmm. One of them is writing writing it down on a piece of paper and having that piece of paper in your hands. Mm -hmm. And you might even be shaking because you're terrified to bring it up, but literally having a piece of paper in your hands can help you overcome that fear Mm -hmm. and actually get the words out. Just can you bear with me? I'm, I'm scared to bring this up. I've never brought this up before, but I really want you to see that I want I want us to have a relationship of honesty. So I'm willing to take this chance that you're going to not like me after saying this, but like, well, just hear me out. Yeah. Um, and then, so you share your fears about sharing the thing that you want to share. I'm afraid of telling you this thing because I'm afraid you might not like me. I'm afraid you might storm off like you did the last time we had an argument or I'm afraid, whatever you share your fears. And what that tends to do is, put them in a place of empathy for you. If they care about you and you're sharing things that you're afraid of, they tends generally speaking to make them say, Oh, Oh, my honey's afraid. I don't want him to be afraid. And if, and if you're naming a bad behavior that they have, like, I'm afraid you're just going to like go crazy on me, rip shit and just like eviscerate me like you did last time. If you name their bad behavior and then if they do that bad behavior, they're proving that you were right. So it tends right. to reduce the probability of them doing that bad behavior in advance. So you're putting them in a place of empathy, hopefully. And you're, if there's a bad behavior, you're naming it, calling it out, which tends to suppress it, which makes them more receptive to you. And then offer them uh, you know, ideas about how things could go well if they received the information well. Like I hope that by... by by me telling you this, that you're going to see that I really want a relationship of honesty where we can tell each other everything truthfully and just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And then yeah. tell them the thing that you're afraid of. Like I had X number of partners or I blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, right. And just right. and then ask, you know, have a conversation about it. So on that, like the, the thing that I want to ask is the, the receptivity. So it's like, it's the relationship that they're in, like the couples in this relationship and they're, you're bringing this vulnerability to them and you're presenting it in the way that you just described. And then the receptivity of the partner, like whether it's the, you know, male or female or male, male, whatever the relationship is, the receptivity of the partner, what's your experience around that? Like in working with some of the couples that you've worked with. And uh, the reason why I'm asking is because I've noticed in a lot of my friends and colleagues and things like that, that they see, that the relationship is a two-way street. And a lot of times that vulnerability scares the shit out of people mm. because they, they can't, it's almost like they can't receive that level of vulnerability when somebody is actually admitting that they're scared or they have this thing and they run or they go away or they just shut down because of that. Have you ever experienced anything like that with anybody? It's like staring into the sun. Yeah. Your day. Right. Right. Oh my God. You got to look away. You can't look for too long. Right. Oh, yeah. All these things they come up. So, um, beginning the conversation with a strong foundation, a handle to hold on to of an agreement. Mm. A really great way. If you can start with an agreement, then you always have that agreement to look back on. Hey, you know, we agreed that we're going to do this thing together. If you want to change your mind, you can change your mind. That's fine. But, you know, we have an agreement on what we're doing. We have a frame of reference that we can operate within and, you know, establishing an agreement that, okay, we would like to try some things to pitch our relationship for long-term success in the future. Doesn't mean everything's going to be all 
easygoing all the time, you know, things might be difficult. They might be yucky. One of us might want to run, you know, might trigger things, but like we have an agreement that we're going to be allies on this and that we're going to be kind to each other on this and that we're going to give it the time that it takes. Yeah. Open. Right. And we're not going to let it derail us. And if we need to pause it and come back to it later, we do, you know, and for my wife and I, you know, honestly, it probably took us about two months to go through really laying the foundation stones. It wasn't a one day conversation. Right. No. Ever. If you're going to pitch for, for like the ability to be together for decades, happily and and vibrantly engaged, (laughs) but you know, there's some stuff to talk about, especially if you're, you know, in your thirties or forties or fifties, like you're not a spring chicken in your, in your teens or your twenties with not much life experience to share yet. Right. Not to diminish people who've had trauma and harassment in their lives because that's real and has a huge impact. Um, so having, you know, a frame of reference and agreement to begin with about venturing into this territory together, mm. uh, and letting it take its time and being kind and generous with each other um, really does help. You know, what we're talking about here is po- partnership, mm-hmm. which is conscious relating. Uh, a, a relationship that is engaged actively in a dynamic dance, right? You know, if you want to be on autopilot, this isn't the path for you. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy to be on autopilot. You just hit the button and you go numb out. <laughs> yep. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, what we're talking about here is a vibrant, engaged dance. If you think about tango dancers, wow, that takes a lot of focus and attention, you know? Right, right. But it's gorgeous, beautiful yeah. to watch. It is. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to jump into um, a uh, I'd like to jump into the 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 idea that let's say for instance th- this same context I love what you're saying and I want to bring people who let's say they've been together for ten years this is this is a whole new way a new step up into maybe a higher level of consciousness for them that they haven't been able to do that and and maybe there's a little bit of hurt in the past and there's some other stuff that 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 they've created together as baggage maybe they brought baggage into the relationship or they've created some new baggage. How do you navigate that when you're having this kind of a conversation going forward? You know, there's not necessarily an easy answer. Um, and there's definitely not a Band-Aid, uh, that a panacea, a one, one size fits all cure um, that I can just lay out for that question. But I, I do firmly believe that not all relationships are healthy. Mm-hmm. And I do firmly believe that a lot of people should exit the relationship that they're in that it was founded badly on shaky ground and then blasted with cannon fire for years from both sides. And they have this bitterness and resentment built into their relationship. I mean, how many women or men do you know of that are in couples that when their partner talks, the other one rolls their eyes. Mm. <laughs> and to me, like if I see that, I'm like, you're already done. <laughs> All you're yeah. doing now is you're just punching bags. You're just beating each other up, and you're, but you're not letting each other go. And that, to me, is, what do you want to call that, masochistic? Yeah. You know, that's not healthy. Um, so I do not try to make everybody succeed in their relationship. And I don't think that, that, that saying that, that a relationship should be successful is, is an accurate assessment for just anybody across the board. You can be in a relationship where your partner is completely vindictive. Uh, totally undermining you and backstabbing you and make cracking jokes about you. You could be in a, a, a relationship with somebody who's just emotionally dead, um, you know, or they've been so traumatized that they're completely shut down. Um, so it really takes both people wanting to mm. make a positive 
change in the relationship. It's right. about being involved in a dance. And now if one person is trying to improve the relationship and the other one just is happy with the status quo, you know, your work is going to be of limited um, benefit. And therefore, I don't know, I got to ask yourself, is this a good idea? Mm. And be honest with, with the answer. Is it a good idea? How many years have I invested in, my, in this relationship? How would I be if I was investing that energy in myself? Who else is affected? You know, there's not necessarily any easy answers, especially when, when extended family, children, property, finances come into play. Um, but having, you know, somebody help you, whether that's a therapist or a consultant or a coach, somebody who can help you get on the same page about designing a dream for your relationship in the future, relationship design. Um, like what would you like to have five years from now in your relationship? How would you like your relationship to be five years from now? A lot of people are just thinking in the present moment only or short term. But if you kind of think of it like a corporate business plan, you know, most corporations have a five-year business plan. Some of them have longer business plans. I hear that a lot of corporations like Toyota have 150 year business plans. Like they're going to take over, you know? So if you have a plan and you work it, you tend to strategically move in the directions that you want to go much more effectively than if you have no plan at all and you're just living in the present moment. So if you can both have an agreement here, we come back to agreements again, that you want to move towards some common goal together. Maybe it's that like cruise to the Bahamas or that trip to Fiji, whatever it might be. Maybe it's the car that you always wanted, or maybe you want a boat, you know, um, it, it can be real world things. Uh, and if you can get on the same page with some goal, like that does create a conditions for allyship. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, as you start working together towards that goal, you're like, oh, we're working together towards something. Oh, maybe we could have another goal that we put on board here too. Maybe it's like uh, mutual health or frequency of sex or, you know, something you always wanted to do. Um, so I just don't think that everybody should just stick in the relationship that they're in because they're in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, asking a hard question about, is this really the best thing for everybody concerned or not? How much am I going to kind of prostitute myself for everybody else's benefit versus do what my gut, my heart, my soul want, you know? So it helps to have somebody to talk to about that. And if you don't have a friend that can handle the reality of your, of your truth, if you don't have a therapist uh, or a coach, you know, you need to have somebody going it alone is, is, is the hardest way you can do it. Yeah, even yeah. just reading a self-help book is something, even just journaling is something but other human beings to bounce ideas off of like we're doing right here in this podcast, honestly, yeah. is the best way to go because then you have support, you have encouragement, you have a feeling of community and solidarity. Like somebody's got your back and people understand you. You're not crazy. That's exactly it. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the things that, that you're, that you're touching on right now happens to be probably one of the biggest things that Lance and I, um, we, we advocate for, and that is to have a, a, a tribe of brothers that you can actually ping off of. And, um, and also share the, 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 the load with, right? Um, and so it's much easier if you've got somebody who can bear that load with you or it can actually give you um, great advice or maybe even challenge you to maybe the way you're thinking is not you know, so, so uh, advantageous or beneficial to your own relationship and it's actually harmful to you. Um, I, I think it's important to have brothers in your life or, or like you said, other venues or ways that you can go and you can actually get some solid, um, conversation, somebody who can say to you, you know, Hey, well, have you thought of it this way? 
Um, this is all great. And I'm going to stop right here. Here's what I want to do because I'm excited. You and I are going to be teaching at um, the, the Tantra Festival in Mexico. And this is going to be in Riviera Maya, Mexico. Uh, that's November 10th through the 14th. I'm so excited. It's called Kundalini, Kundalini Rising. Excuse me. Kundalini Rising. Um, and you're one of the facilitators. I'm so excited to get to see you on stage live. It's going to be a lot of fun, Christopher. Can you tell me, can you share a little bit about what it is that you've got planned for your uh, sessions and your event um, at this amazing Tantra Festival in Mexico? Yeah, sure. Um, well, on the first day, I'm going to present, be presenting what to me is kind of like a motivational speech, just a quick little 45 minute, one hour. Uh, you could say it's a workshop or talk, but really it's just a power download that I'm, I'm that I, that I love to give that really helps people to give themselves permission to make decisions based on what they really want and what they really don't want. Another way to say that is give themselves permission to do what they want and say no to things they don't want. Give themselves permission to change their mind, be in the moment. A lot of times we just take care of everybody's feelings around us. We try to not make waves, go with the flow, be a good boy, etc. You know, do what we're supposed to do, air quotes. Um, but inherent in that is inauthenticity. Inherent in that is presenting a mask to everyone else and not actually showing them who we are. And if you do that, you're not giving people an accurate roadmap to navigate their world with you. They're shooting in the dark based on false intelligence. Basically you're lying and what we've been taught to lie by our teachers in school, by our family and stuff like that. So it's a power download and I call it uh, self-empowerment through boundaries and consent. Boundaries and consent tends to have a bad rap in, in uh, men's circles. I don't, you know, locker room talks, stuff like that. Oh, consent. Oh, you're talking about a woman and sexual advances. No, I'm talking about, do you want to do this thing or not? Are you just saying yes to those mashed potatoes? Cause your mom's already sticking the, the, the spoonful of them on your plate <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Like, no, I don't really want the mashed potatoes. But if you can't get the words out of your mouth, you're not actually drawing a boundary. You're not actually consenting to it. You're letting her think it's okay, which isn't giving her the information she needs to actually interact with who you really are. So you end up hiding in your own life. So that's the first day. And then uh, I'm designing a workshop specifically for men only uh, that's going to be a quick distillation of the concept uh, in my book, Conscious Cock. You know, like a one hour, one and a half hour workshop. And um, then we're going to be doing, I don't know, Mike, maybe you and I are going to be doing this together. Uh, a few of the male facilitators are going to be getting together to do a, a specific men's workshop. Mm. Uh, you know, we're going to circle up and we have, we're going to design that together probably on site during the facilitator meeting. So okay. that is just like the women are going to get together and have their women's, um, you could call it retreat or workshop or time. And we're going to have uh, a separate section for the men. So we get our juices flowing. We get grounded. We ground each other. We connect the network and you know, we're, we're presenting a really grounded masculine front. And then on the last day of the festival, which is the one that's the hottest day, you know, we're talking Tantra, like not modern Neo-Tantra, which is a really sexy, sensual exploration. People are leaning into the edges and boundaries. Of, you know, what are their erotic edges? Do they want to play with this person that they just met? What do they want to do? How could that look? Ah, what do we, what do, we do here? Um, so I've been invited to do some more overtly sexual workshop. And with that, I think I'm going to be doing something for men. I'm still designing it. Um, about cock health 
Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of men, as we age, we get into our 50s. We, we, when we stop urinating, we might drip a couple drops of, of pee. Pardon me for just getting into it, but like, you know, the core <laughs> muscles begin to atrophy with age. And that results in softer erections coming when we don't want to, or the inability to get it up when we want to, both ends of the spectrum. You can have problems on both ends, whether you want to get it up or you can't get it up. Or, 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 you, or you come too quickly, I mean. Um, so there's a cock exercise routine that I've developed, which is a blend of literal musculature strengthening, like weight training, like you want to build your biceps or your pecs, you go to the gym to do it. Well, we have those same kind of exercises to do for our pelvic floor and our penis. And then also manual exercises that we do with our hands that specifically tone the elasticity of the penis. And if you follow me through thinking anatomically and physiologically, elasticity, penis, it smells with blood when you get an erection. What are we talking about? We're talking about the strength of our erections, having nice, hard erections that are full and satisfying for us and satisfying for our partners. Uh, and, you know, increasing the size of our penis also, uh, a bit, you know, cause one of the things that is really confidence building for a man is to feel like he gets a good, strong erection mm-hmm. he can control when he comes and he's happy with the size of his member. It's really one of the deepest senses of confidences I've seen in men. And, you know, we have control over that if we do exercises. So, I'm thinking about bringing that and offering that because nobody's doing that. And it's one of the most powerful offerings I've seen, you know, and just like a month's worth of practice, you can, you can feel 10 times better about your sexual performance ability. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. You're making me want to buy a plane ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to to that workshop. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, wow. I, I can tell you, I'm going to be there at that workshop. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Um, and 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 then the other thing that I want to say is, if anybody is interested, gentlemen, if you've been if you've been watching this and you, this podcast and you're very excited, come down to Mexico. We're going to be in Riviera Maya, uh, Mexico, um, from November 10th through the 14th, and this is going to be one of the largest tantra festivals ever in Mexico's history. And so we're very excited about that. We have. Uh, a whole lot of different um, uh, presenters there. Christopher's going to be one of them. I'll be there as well presenting along with my beloved Lori Handlers. And so we've got a whole bunch of other people. I want you to take a look. We're going to go ahead and put a link underneath the the, uh, the video so you'll be able to get to it. You can get to it through um, through that link. And please do, if you have any questions, leave a comment or just reach out to us. And by the way, before we go, I just want you to know you can get in touch with Christopher online. You can find him at Conscious Cock, and that's on uh, Facebook. And Christopher, you have a, a website or anything else you want to share and a, maybe an email address? Go ahead and share that with our, our, our audience now. Yeah, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, yeah, what I would love to share is uh, that, you know, the big problem that I see in the world today and the one that I want to address the most is that so many good men feel alienated. Uh, and they feel alone and unsupported in their their desire to be a part of the solution, you know, and and embrace their sexuality in, in a healthy way. And what I'm doing with Conscious Cock is I'm offering the tools that is a textbook. It is a manual. It's kind of a one-on-one level encyclopedic manual for healthy sex-positive masculinity. But then I'm also offering online men's circles 
uh, where a group of eight guys gets together every single week. And I facilitate the discussions as we go through the concepts in the book so that there's a place to bring your questions about your relationship and your questions about your sexuality or your performance ability or your fears or the trauma that you just went through last week when you had a fight with your, your partner so that you are in, have a place where you're experiencing support and encouragement and solidarity and community with other guys. And you get to know each other over time. So uh, if you go to my website, consciouscock.com, um, you know, you can find out all about the, the men's circles. And then there's a downloads page where I have a ton of worksheets that you can download and fill out to help you, for example, make some agreements in your relationship rather than just shooting in the dark all the time or how to say that thing that is unsaid that you need to bring up. Yeah. Um, and then I have a boundaries and consent workshop audio download. If you want to listen in your, your cell phone or on your way to work, work in the car in the morning, um, it's like a 45 minute download. So just go to consciouscock.com uh, you can contact me through there, um, or download anything from the downloads page, et cetera. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Hey, Lance, did you have any other questions yeah. you wanted to ask before we go? No, I think I'm good. Uh, those that, thank you for answering those questions. That was really, really great. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. And I love the work you're doing in the world. It's, it's so needed and it's so God. Yeah. Just many, many <laughs> blessings on this journey. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll meet again. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. This look is forward, beautiful. Definitely look forward to working with you. Um, and, and I, I'm a supporter. I am a big fan already. So just getting to meet you this, this time and, and spending a little bit of time with you has just been really uh, nourishing for me. I'm, I'm sure I speak for Lance as well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, just to let everybody know, listen, we'll be back in another week. We thank you so much for your viewership. Please take a look at uh, our webpage um, on Facebook. It's the Academy for Men. You can find us at uh, Instagram as well. And then also, if you go to our Patreon page, we have a whole bunch of content that we're putting up there. You get access to all of our videos everything that we're putting up there right now uh, to support you in becoming an extraordinary lover. Um, from, from myself, from Lance, and on behalf of Christopher Lovestone, thank you so much for viewing today, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Academy for Men's Tribal Fire podcast.